This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, a busy Wednesday night. Glad you're in on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. Gang's all here. Paul Nolan's going to be here with the news. Mr. Nolan, how are you? I am well, my friend. Looking forward to tonight. A lot to talk about. Yep. Rick Delgado's here. Rick, how are you? Uh, Good. It's been a crazy day again. It's been somewhat of a crazy day. President speaking right now. Rick Emirati is going to have a little sports later. Rick, how are you? Hey, Big D, how are you? Looking forward to uh, tracking that Dodgers uh, raised uh, Game 2 World Series tonight. All right, President is in North Carolina. He's speaking right now. Um, we were gonna, I was going to dip into the President a little bit tonight. He's, he, just, he just had a spectacular moment on, on Rush Limbaugh, which um, I just think is fantastic of the President to acknowledge Rush, who's struggling right now. Stage four lung cancer. Obviously, Rush is the gold standard in talk radio. Without Rush, you have no Sean. Without Rush, you have no Levin. Without Levin, you have no probably Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, places like that. Rush has set the table for all of them. And uh, obviously, Rush the other day came out and said that the days of him thinking that he's not under a death sentence are over. And obviously, he's, I think, well, he's fighting. He's fighting, and he'll continue to fight. But for the president, I think, to acknowledge it is just fantastic. And uh, acknowledge other people as well. A lot of the great young conservative voices now. But I just thought it was a fantastic moment for the president to acknowledge the big voice on the right, as they call them. And he just he's paved the way for conservative talk, which is the biggest format in talk, by far, not even close. I mean, there's no there's no listeners on liberal talk radio. That's why guys like uh, Scarborough wanted to be on conservative talk radio, but he couldn't make it as, as, as that. So he tried to go to Fox. He couldn't make it there, and he ended up at MSNBC with Mika Brzezinski. So <laughs> that's what happens. But good for the president for pointing that out. So I was going to dip into the president, but at about 7.20, we got an alert that the FBI was going to have a, a – well, it didn't say emergency press conference, but it seemed like it was kind of a last-minute last minute deal. And um, then we got the two-minute warning, and they said that it was going to be director of DNI Radcliffe and Christopher Ray. So at that point, we knew it was something somewhat significant. And so I want to play that for you first, in case you haven't seen it, because it literally just happened. So first, this is um, DNI, John Radcliffe. And then uh, Christopher Ray. Let's hear from Radcliffe first. G. Roll that. Communities to ensure that the 2020 elections are the safest and most secure in our nation's history. We take that mandate and responsibility seriously. There is nothing more sacred in our republic than the fundamental democratic principle of one person, one vote. It is our duty to ensure the sanctity of U.S. elections. That includes ensuring the security. Of voting systems. 
The intelligence community's role is to identify threats and to assess the intentions, capabilities, and actions of foreign adversaries. Our duty also includes empowering the American people to understand information, or perhaps more accurately, disinformation, that they are seeing, particularly on the internet, and make informed decisions for themselves. With that in mind, we would like to alert the public that we have identified that two foreign actors, Iran and Russia, have taken specific actions to influence public opinion relating to our elections. First, we have confirmed that some voter registration information has been obtained by Iran and separately by Russia. This data can be used by foreign actors to attempt to communicate false information to registered voters that they hope will cause confusion, sow chaos, and undermine your confidence in American democracy. To that end, we have already seen Iran sending spoofed emails designed to intimidate voters, incite social unrest, and damage President Trump. You may have seen some reporting on this in the last 24 hours, or you may have even been one of the recipients of those emails. Additionally, Iran is distributing other content to include a video that implies that individuals could cast fraudulent ballots, even from overseas. This video and any claims about such allegedly fraud fraudulent ballots are not true. These actions are desperate attempts by desperate adversaries. Even if the adversaries pursue further attempts to intimidate or attempt to undermine voter confidence, know that our election systems are resilient and you can be confident your votes are secure. Although we have not seen the same actions from Russia, we are aware that they have obtained some voter information just as they did in 2016. Rest assured that we are prepared for the possibility of actions by those hostile to democracy. The great women and men of the intelligence community caught this activity immediately, and our colleagues at FBI and DHS acted swiftly in response to this threat. We are standing before you now to give you the confidence that we are on top of this and providing you with the most powerful weapon we have to combat these efforts, the truth, information. We ask every American to do their part to defend against those who wish us harm. The way you do that is quite simple. Do not allow these efforts to have their intended effect. If you receive an intimidating or manipulative email in your inbox, don't be alarmed and do not spread it. This is not a partisan issue. I've had conversations today with members of Congress from both sides of the aisle, and there is complete unanimity in the U.S. government in our resolve to combat the enemies of freedom. The President has instructed me to keep the public informed as appropriate, and you have my commitment that I will continue to do exactly that with transparency and with candor. 
we will not tolerate foreign interference in our elections. And we will continue to work with our many partners to disrupt and to impose costs and consequences on any adversary that attempts to interfere in our democratic processes. The efforts of the president to empower us to put towards election security over these last four years are working. I'll now turn it over to my colleague, Director Ray of the FBI, Great. to address law enforcement's activities. Okay, so that was um, Director of National Intelligence, John Radcliffe, of course, who's been in the news uh, last couple of days because he came out on um, well, Maria Bartiromo show and said that this whole Hunter Biden laptop is not Russian disinformation. And then, of course, Adam Schiff ran to every camera he could tell, he could to tell us that it was, even though Adam Schiff gets no information. Yeah, this is the guy who gets it because he's so good at reporting. Uh, I'm just surprised when Christopher Ray didn't come on. He didn't say, "Be careful of Ayatollah Zuckerberg," you know, the Iranian terrorist, uh, the social media, you know, assault on on conservatives. Because you know, it's just the tech giants to me are the biggest threat. And I don't know when Christopher Ray came on, all I could think is, "Wow, I have no confidence in the FBI." <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear what Christopher Ray said. Speaking of that, I I I, I as well looked at him and. All I kept thinking is yelling at him, going, why just sit on Biden's laptop for a year? But, of course, he couldn't hear me through the TV. But this is what he said. Roll that, G. Thanks, John. The FBI is the primary agency responsible for investigating malicious cyber activity against election infrastructure, malign foreign influence operations, and election-related crimes like voter fraud, and voter suppression or intimidation. And that's exactly what we've been doing. At the FBI, we're working closely with our intelligence community partners, as well as our other federal, state, and local partners to share information, bolster security, and identify and disrupt any threats. We are not going to tolerate foreign interference in our elections or any criminal activity that threatens the sanctity of your vote or undermines public confidence in the outcome of the election. When we see indications of foreign interference or federal election crimes, we're going to aggressively investigate and work with our partners to quickly take appropriate action. We're also coordinating with the private sector, both technology and social media companies, to make sure that their platforms aren't used by foreign adversaries to spread disinformation and propaganda. We've been working for years as a community to build resilience in our election infrastructure, and today that infrastructure remains resilient. You should be confident that your vote counts. Early, unverified claims to the contrary should be viewed with a healthy dose of skepticism. We encourage everyone to seek election and voting information from reliable sources, namely your state election officials and to be thoughtful, careful, and discerning consumers of information online. And if you suspect criminal activity, we ask that you report that information to your local FBI field office. As always, the men and women of the FBI remain committed to protecting the American people, our democracy, and the integrity of our elections. We are not going to let our guard down. Thank you. Does that mean everybody's got to report you know, the Shah of uh, Northern Cal, uh, Jack Dorsey. I mean, what the hell? I mean, those are the worst guys to 
the, the fake news and the fake information. How much, I mean, who are we reporting? Turn it over what field office? It's unbelievable. Um, so the director walked out, of course. There was, they made a point of saying that there was no questions. Um, so no one could shout to him anything about Hunter Biden's laptop. And um, No, actually, you did. I heard you. Well, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was the only one who did, but he didn't hear me. So, well, anyways, I wanted to bring that to you because most people probably didn't see that because the president was on at the time. Most people were probably watching the president and that happened at around 735. So I figured uh, it was obviously important enough to bring it to you. And uh, I am not a recipient of one of those emails yet. I don't know if anyone is, but I mean, you know, John Ratcliffe's on it. And uh, it just makes Adam Schiff more look like just a moron as he comes out there and tries to act like he has any idea what's going on in the intelligence community. Right. And this is this is already like two million times more information than we got four years ago about foreign intervention. You know, all you heard from Obama is uh, I told him to knock it off. Oh, okay, great. Good stuff. Yeah. Quit it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quit it. Well, so. All right, so that's so I wanted to bring you that that just happened. So here's how I want I want to bring something to you here that I think is fantastic with the president. And this is uh, I found this on social media, and uh, the last clip there, G, with the uh, the policeman. Uh, so the president was at a rally, and um, I, this is a couple of weeks ago, I think. I just found this, or it just came out. Maybe this is from the other day. And the president was leaving, and he walked over by the barricade, and there was a police officer there. And the people he, the police officer was with, was yelling to the president about something about the man retiring. And then the president came over and to listen to him. And this is what happened. Roll that. As a police officer, sir, I want to give you this. You got it, big kid. On behalf of all the men and women that wear this badge, that have your back because you have ours. Thank you, sir. So the retiring police officer wanted to gift his badge to the president. I mean, how fantastic is that? Yeah. Moments like that, that this president connects with the voters like. That, that guys in law enforcement want to do things like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It kind of reminds me of something I, I found, I want to say maybe a month or so ago. And I'm, on, and I'm not even sure if I shared it with you guys, but it was Trump. He was coming out of, uh, coming out of a hotel, maybe you know, from, from something. Secret Service was all around. And as he's walking to, you know, the, the beast to get into the vehicle, he comes, he comes out of the hotel. I guess this is just from him you know, always being this way, you know, being, being a hotel owner and, and doing this kind of stuff, kind of walks out. He sees the guy who, you know, one of, one of the bell caps who's like moving stuff over for him. He walks over, he pulls out a roll from his pocket, pulls, pulls out a couple, couple of, uh, you know, bills and hands it to him. It's just like a normal, like, you know, walking out of the hotel. Oh, yeah, I got to take care of you guys. He goes, you've yeah, never pull- seen a president yeah. or a senator, anybody like that, reach into their pocket and go, oh, this is for you. Go. Yeah, he knew Thank him by first name. Yeah. <laughs> he knew the guy's this, first name. It, it's stuff like that that makes you go, this, this guy's different. And um, the car was pulling in. He actually stopped to get out to go see all the firemen and the police who were lined up. There's that video of him when he runs over to them and takes a picture. I mean, he has gone out of his way. And it's like when I watch him tonight, he's out there speaking. 
and he's in his element and he just connects. That's why there's 50,000, 40,000 people out there, whatever it is. This rally in North Carolina tonight is humongous. The pictures I saw online before he started, it is huge. There's got to be 30,000 people there outside. Right? You think Van Halen was having a comeback <laughs> show or something. I mean, he just connects on a level that we haven't seen. We have just not seen much, anything like this. He enjoys it. He moves <laughs> in and out of script. He talks to them. He, 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 he was acknowledging some group of people in the front row here. Uh, before women and their their husbands i don't know it's of some group or something but he just connects with people and last night i think i said this on the show but he did a brilliant thing when he was in pennsylvania he actually played a video of biden and harris on two big screens that they set up there to play their fracking comments which is just brilliant absolutely brilliant if he's got to broadcast the news since the news won't yeah exactly right so um, so let's start with something on American greatness today, which I a site that I absolutely love. Let's start with some good news here. Trump and Biden tied in Wisconsin as Biden loses three points of support. This came out today. Donald Trump and Joe Biden are tied in Wisconsin, according to a new survey by Susquehanna Polling and Research for the Center for American Greatness. The phone survey of 500 likely voters conducted October 16th through 19th showed Trump and Biden each with 45%. Uh, with a 4.3 percentage margin of error. That gives Biden a loss of three points of support since the same poll found him with 48% support at the end of September. Among the poll's other key findings, 60% of respondents said they believe the country is on the wrong track. For Trump voters, the top two issues are restoring jobs in the economy and maintaining law and order. For Biden voters, the top two issues are COVID and health care. So that, uh, from American Greatness... And um, you're seeing a lot of polling. Who knows what to make of the polls at this point? We've talked about this endlessly. Um, me and Paul know people that we talk to that, that are all in on Trump landslide, uh, are literally betting him over and over and over at every price they can get. And then you talk to people who just think he loses the elderly vote. It's game over. There's no chance. So, I mean, it's just all over the place at this point. Yeah, well, you know, to me, one of the things that's been encouraging is seeing how many, you know, young black people and how many young uh, Latino, Hispanic uh, minorities in that elk are all just so behind them. They're like, they know we're being gaslighted. So many of the counterculture kids are saying, wait a sec, the establishment is is wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm being suppressed and censored. I'm not having that. You're seeing a lot more kids talk about it. I'm, you know, I got kids in their 20s and they're aware of it now and. You know, they've been raised to be socialists by, the, you know, <laughs> high school and college. So they're starting to see it. And they're like, it's, they, they say all their friends know it's a joke. They, they probably won't vote for Trump, but they definitely won't vote for Biden. Right. And then you look down and I see this on Breitbart today. 75,000 car MAGA parade in Miami. 75,000. Wow. So yeah, here, um, I think he's connecting with a wow. Hispanic vote. Pretty Here, good. Here's the argument. Go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to say, when I saw it, they had a point, uh, the helicopter that counted 55,000, took them three hours, and they were still <laughs> counting when I had to turn off that article. It got to 75,000 cars. Just think of the magnitude of that. Jeez. The argument, though, against that, the, against the, the eye test, um, is mm. that the fervor of the left to vote against Donald Trump doesn't require them 
to uh, have attend any rallies or come out or do anything. They hate him. They want him out. And the majority of them don't have to go out in public and show support for Biden because sometimes they don't even have support for Biden. It's not about supporting Biden in the way we see these rallies and people coming out for Trump. It's about a vote against Trump. And that doesn't have to show itself by any public. uh, That's a very good point. It's a a very good point. But but I'll counter that point with uh, 2016 because Hillary had a lot of positive support and there was the negative support of hate for Trump. So you had the two... It's like two against one. This time, it's it's mainly one against one. How do you respond to that, I don't Damon? see a lot of— Very simply, not- as I've responded to that well for done, six Rick. months, the stuff that he used against Clinton doesn't work against Biden. I'm not saying she that. She is evil. Even people knew she now, was evil. Even now, right, but, uh, even, but now, even back people- then, she was still—even though she was evil, she still got big crowds, and people were, woo, I'm with her. I'm with her. Now, what do you got to that, Damon? I was never with her, so that's what I got for that. Uh, G, let's dip into the president and hear what he's talking about here. Decision, Rick. The Biden-Harris plan, and you've had a lot of problems with your sanctuary cities, and you've had a lot of crime because of your sanctuary. He's in North Carolina tonight. With your sanctuary cities and city. Talk about a pivotal The Biden-Harris plan would also increase refugees 700% from the most dangerous places in the world. That was done with... Crazy Bernie, right? That was the manifesto. I call it the manifesto. They agreed to the 700% increase. They pledged to terminate all national security travel bans, which I got. I got a travel ban. Remember, they said you'd never get it approved. I got it approved. And now if somebody hates us, if they hate us from a different part of the world, we say, I'm sorry, you cannot come in. That makes sense, doesn't it? They'll open the floodgates to radical Islamic terrorism. The beheading that took place in France just a few days ago is a horrifying reminder that we have to be vigilant. And I sent our regards and our sympathies to France and to their president, Macron, who's a terrific guy. He's working very hard. I'm keeping the terrorists, jihadists, and violent extremists the hell out of our country, if that's okay with you. And I will never say it because it's not good to say it. And I'm knocking on nice, beautiful wood because I can tell it's ours because it's they spend a lot of money on building these things. <laughs> but you haven't seen too much happening on that front, have you? Huh? You notice? OK, well, keep your eyes. Hey, keep your eyes open. OK, keep your eyes open because they'd love to do something. Just keep your eyes open. But there's a reason for things not happening also. We invested two point five trillion dollars in the U.S. military. And as you all know, defense spending in North Carolina has soared. Made in the USA, all made in the USA. And for our great veterans, we passed VA choice and VA accountability. Nobody thought that was ever going to happen. We killed the leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. And we took out the mass murder of American troops. Soleimani is dead. Through from the last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear deal. One, how about this? $150 billion for nothing. And don't forget, $1.8 billion in cash. In Greek. Many airplanes loaded up with cash. 
I recognize the true capital of Israel and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. I also recognize Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. 52 years they worked on that. We got it done in two hours. 52 years. <laughs> and instead of never-ending wars, we are forging peace in the Middle East without blood all over the sand. Amen. Just signed up another country today. No. Iran doesn't want to let me win. China doesn't want to let me win. They want me to be defeated so badly. And the swamp doesn't want to let me win because I am fighting for you. I'm fighting for you. The first call I'll get after we win, the first call I'll get will be from Iran saying, let's make a deal. Because you talk about an economy, their economy, GDP down 27%. Nobody's ever even heard of it. A vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, and a limitless future for all Americans. So in conclusion, we're all about the American dream. You know, we're about the American dream. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. We have to say that. Honest Dave. Over the next four years, we will make America into the manufacturing superpower of the world. And we will end our reliance on China once and for all. It's already happening. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, and we will ban deadly sanctuary cities. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. Second Amendment. And remember, Joe Biden is going to take away your Second Amendment. You're going to take it away. Don't even think about it. That's a fact. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our cities, and we will keep America out of these ridiculous, absolutely crazy foreign wars. We will do it. Countries you've never even heard of. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might. And we will ensure peace through strength. That's what we have right now. And the equipment that we built is the greatest anywhere in the world. Russia, China, North Korea, everybody. We are the envy. Nobody has equipment like us. Missiles, rockets, tanks, submarines, ships, fighter jets. Beautiful, beautiful, the best stuff anywhere in the world. Hydrosonic missiles, seven times faster than anything else. Seven times. They go rather quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and we've totally redone our nuclear. And hope to God, all of it, hope to God we never have to use any of it. That's all. But, you know, because it's now redone. You know, remember I got here and a highly overrated general said, sir, we have no ammunition. <laughs> I said, that should never happen to a president again. But hope that to God this funny equipment every night. Every time. Nobody has old. it like us. And you know, the reason it may never be used is because we have it. If we didn't have it, we may have very big problems. We could have had very big problems. We got it done. Made in the USA. We will end surprise medical billing. Require price transparency, already done, already signed, kicks in on January 1st. That's a big thing. That's going to be bigger. Price, please remember, 
price transparency bigger than health care. Wait till you see this. A lot of people aren't too happy with what I did there. Further reduce the cost of prescription drugs. Favored nations, we're going to get the lowest in the world. And we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. Always. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our schools. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. the timeless words of our national motto, In God We Trust. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for the great people of North Carolina. Standing up for North Carolina. Harry's working but we the have the most important <laughs> election in our history. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your co-workers, get your boss, rip them out of the seat. Yes. And get out and vote. Proud citizens like you help build this country. And together, we are taking back our country. Yes. We are returning power to you, the American people. That's what happened four years ago. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. We are one movement. One people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of North Carolina, we have made America powerful again, our military. We have made America wealthy again, our stock market, your 401ks. Your 401ks are booming. We have made America strong again. We have made America proud again. We have made America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you, North Carolina. Go out and vote. Thank you. Go and vote. Thank you very much. All right, there's the President of the United States in North Carolina tonight. <laughs> and as many rallies as he does that we're on from now until Election Day, we're going to listen to as much, some of it as every night because Good. it's just, um, he reminds you how much he loves the country. It reminds me how much he loves the country, how much he loves the people of the country, how much he loves the founding of the country and what the country stands for. He connects with the citizens. He's uh, he's, he dances, <laughs> and it's just fantastic. 
He's just fantastic, and I'm telling you, someday, whether it's unfortunately this year or in four years, we're going to uh, – I really believe we're going to realize that there's really hasn't been many like him. He's, <laughs> he's governed extremely conservatively. And um, if you fall in that category that you're looking for less government in your life, you're looking for judges that um, will re- – Stand up for the Constitution. There's the dance. Yes. And uh, (laughs) we got a little extra there, so it threw me off. Uh, Judges who are going to interpret the Constitution as written. It's not a living document. If you want, uh, you know, hopefully if he gets reelected and we get out of all this craziness, we can start to tackle debt and deficits as well. But, I mean, he's just just fantastic. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Most important thing he says there is about voting. And it's, I can't tell you how important it is that not only do you vote, but you make sure you bring five, 10 people with you and make sure they go to the polls. And if every, if all 63 million who voted for him last time, all bring people who didn't vote for him last time, who maybe have now woken up or newly registered, you know, Republicans are, are leading in a lot of these places, sometimes by big margins on newly registered um, voters. Yeah. That's a the good registration sign. numbers are there's like, places where they're burying the Democrats. Or like they said, they closed the gap. It used to be a huge gap yeah. between Republicans and Democrats, and now they've closed it to its, to its just a, a minimal percentage number. And let's not forget, not every Democrat's going to vote Democrat. It's just, we, we've seen enough of the walkaway movements, of the, you know, the Blexit movement, you name it. Yeah, There's a lot of people that are just like, this Democrat party is not, not for me anymore. And they take um they take the numbers of these rallies supposedly, and I don't know how you know you know people can obviously can lie and not be truthful. Who knows? But supposedly, Ronna McDaniel puts out these numbers the next day of the rallies of who attended supposedly, and they say how many, what's the percentage of Republicans, what percentage of them are Democrats, what percentage of them didn't vote four years ago, and sometimes the numbers are staggering. On the number of people who either aren't Republicans, consider themselves Republicans, or who didn't vote in 2016 that are going to these rallies. Yeah. 25, 30,000 people there. There's 40% of them in some of these things that say they didn't vote. It's 15, 20% say they're not Republicans. I mean, so it's it's what makes it so hard. But anyway, so what were you going to say? Well, two things I was going to say. One, uh, I just love it. I haven't heard this one yet, but EG45 on YouTube said uh, Orange Man Red. Not bad, Orange Man Red, uh, which I thought was great. It's a hit on social media. But I think the other thing that I was going to jump in there was just about, uh, you know, those the people who just don't vote, you know, um, those people, like especially on the North Shore of Long Island, it's a you know it's a very liberal Jewish community who used to traditionally just vote Democrat. They're very wealthy. Uh, my friend lives up there, and he said they he brought four friends to a, a Trump rally, and uh, they couldn't believe the love. They just couldn't believe the hugging and the high fiving, and when he introduced them as people were on the fence. It, it, they said they were overwhelmed by the joy that surrounded it all, and they really want that to be part of America. They were surprised. They thought it was going to be a hate fest. They went there thinking that they were going to go to a Klan rally. I um I posted a video on our Facebook, facebook.com slash LFS6B, out on Long Island last weekend of um, one of the Trump parades, the cars, 
And I mean, and it was in Nassau County, Long Island, and it went to, I think, Montauk or the yep. lighthouse Seafood. they drove. Yep. Yeah. And it was just, it never ended the line of cars on was, Long Island. There yeah. was one today. And, and, and News 12 was reporting it as dozens of cars. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. News 12 was bought by Altice, and Altice is owned by that same giant 90% corporate monster that will con- completely control the narrative. I mean, it was really stunning, the number of cars. And um, he was on with Brian Kilmeade the other morning, and, and Kilmeade brought it up and said, you know, we see these places in places you wouldn't expect, like California the other day. I played you the video of when he arrived in California. And these, these things going on in New, York, in New York, out on Long Island and upstate and places like that. And he says, you know, are you, are you playing for New York? And he says, well, I'm, I'm playing for all 50 states. I said, you, he said, you see this everywhere. He said, when I got to California last week, he said the, the line of people and flags and everything driving in, he said, was incredible. Do you guys remember what Reagan said about Long Island, Nassau County in particular? No. He's, yeah. Reagan said, uh, it's like if I, when you go to heaven, it's, you know, Nassau County is... is it's Republican country, like it's all Republican. Something to that effect. I wish Rick, you're so good at this, Rick. I was hoping you'd bail me out. <laughs> I was like twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Like I 20. mean, now Suff- Suffolk County is much more Republican. Um, yeah. But back in the day, you remember Nassau was just everything yeah. was just owned Nassau top to bottom back then. So I just, uh, you could see it though. I remember, you know, it's it's coming back. It's coming back everywhere I go in my neighborhoods. Well, here's the other reason North Carolina tonight. It's good to see a, a really significant crowd there and engaged uh, and the president going there. I hope he goes back to North Carolina because Florida and North Carolina could be, I mean, obviously Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, we know Ohio, all of those are important. New Hampshire could be important. But North Carolina specifically, uh, and this is from just the news today, uh, and I'm sure you guys have heard this, The federal this federal appeals court, has decis- uh, the decision to allow North Carolina to accept mail-in ballots nine days Ugh. after the polls close. God. Uh, federal appeals court on Tuesday, so yesterday, upheld North Carolina's plan under that Governor Roy Cooper, who, by the way, do we still have that video in the bin? I never played that of Roy Cooper on the tarmac with Biden sitting there telling him, uh, yeah, don't worry, we'll get... Uh, we'll get this guy who cheated on his wife multiple times got caught. These text messages. You oh, have that? Cal Cunningham? He, Cal Cunningham. So here's the, listen to this. The governor. by 10 points. The governor of North Carolina to Biden last week. Listen to this. No, I wanted to. I want to show my strong support for you. And I think we're going to all get across the line. I think Cal's going to get across the line, too. So, I know that's frustrating. But, well, we'll, get it, we'll get it across. Yeah, I, I think Cal's going to get across the line, too. I know it's frustrating, meaning that he got caught cheating on his wife. <laughs> That's frustrating, Governor. Yeah. New drinking game. Anytime Damon says, roll a G, you guys got to take a swig. And then Biden says, uh, whatever he says. And then the governor says, well, don't you worry. We'll, we'll get him across. Well, okay, well, how are you going to do that, Gov? Yeah, what, what does that, that mean? mean? What do you mean you're going to get him across? Uh, it almost sounds like Obama telling uh, Comey to make sure he got, has the right people on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? That's exactly what it sounds like. Yep. I know it's frustrating that the guy got caught cheating with multiple women on his wife, text messaging from inside his house. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, don't you? Don't you agree, Joe? And Joe's probably thinking at that point, thinking about the laptop going, that's nothing. (laughs) Hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. So the U.S., uh, back to this article in Just the News, the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals decision denied an effort to keep the state's Board of Election from counting ballots postmarked by November 3rd, but arriving before November 12th. North Carolina has passed elections uh, North Carolina in past elections has counted absentee ballots arriving up to three days after the election. But the election board agreed last month to extend the deadline to nine days uh, amid the unprecedented number of mail-in ballots as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Good. Judge James Wynn wrote about the court's 12 to, th- 12 to 3 ruling that all ballots must still be mailed on or before election day and that the accepted change is quote simply an extension from three to nine days after election day so we can see if joe's in the lead or not if not we'll find the ballots no it doesn't say that for a timely ballot to be received and counted that is all he said the appeals case was filed by president trump's re-election campaign after a u.s district court held up the plan last week according to the hill newspaper so that's the reporting on north carolina so north carolina could very well be a mess and um and there's a one point and that's gap. by design yeah i just don't um i think most of the country is going to be if it's one day maybe two days i think most of the country is going to start to get extremely agitated if we don't know who the winner is on election night or maybe by the end of that week by friday close the business on uh the sixth or whatever that friday would be well you get past that and you're gonna have big problems yeah especially because there's already been early voting you know people already got ballots they already sent them in this need to extend it any any anything even one day beyond election day is stupid because it's not like people don't know okay you know what election day is coming up if i don't want to do it in person i got to do it this way there's no excuse you know what I mean? It's not like somebody's going to wake up November 5th and go, oh, my God, did that just happen? Did I miss it? Come on. Stop it. I think it's by, idiotic. I think by the debate uh, tomorrow night, which we'll have full coverage of, by the way, um, and I believe it starts at 8.30, not 9 o'clock. So I think it's 8.30 to 10, which falls right in the live from Studio 6B window here. Um, we'll have full coverage tomorrow night, but I believe by the time tomorrow night goes on, 50 million people will have already voted. And, um, you know, it's a significant number. I still think that's probably not even a third of what, of, of who's going to vote or the total number. And I think you, you obviously have heard that in the early mail-ins, the Democrats expect to, have have more of their voter base using that way to vote. I think I saw a report earlier today, and I don't know if anyone can help me find the story, but uh, Florida was already, uh, I think the Republicans were up 20,000 votes, 70,000 to 50,000 yeah. in early mail-in voting. Now, I was busy all day, so I didn't see that story um, other than at a glance, if anyone has it, please post it. I have uh, seen some. I have seen some things on social media. Uh, again, who knows? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it reported on on radio that uh, Republicans are doing very well on, on the early voting, which is which is abnormal. It's usually a wait till the day of kind. Correct. Of. Most Republicans, you figure they have the advantage on election day, right? 
and that's where you're going to see um, the big turnout. And we, I, I, I think we're going to know. I think we're going to know if the if it's five hours everywhere to vote on election day. That's probably a good thing for the president. Because voter enthusiasm, right? How many yep. people who are just going to sit around because they hate somebody, they're going to wait. People who love someone, love is going to conquer hate. So the people who love the president will wait and wait, and they'll make a party out of it. Oh, yeah. And uh, people who hate, they're not going to sit around. I think that's probably true. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But um, Told you he's going to flip New York. Yep. Well, New let's York. not get, let's not get that. crazy. <laughs> that's a lot of liberals left. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in right now. We're still on just social media, but I think Trump's done, and I think the network coverage is almost done. So we should be live on the network here at two minutes. We'll do some news with Paul Nolan when we get on the network. We'll do some sports. I've got a great crazy town. And um, I also have John Solomon today. John Solomon went on with our own uh, Eric Greitens, who is a former Navy SEAL, former governor of Missouri, and a patriot. Um... And he has a brand new show on Real America's Voice called Actionable Intelligence, which I love the name. And it's very cool so far. <laughs> you the show. you love every name of every other show. <laughs> and I like that one too. So we're also going to call this live from Studio 6B <laughs> Action Intelligence. We're going to steal that name. Got the water cooler. We're going to yeah, steal that name. Water cool. <laughs> okay. What G? What'd you say? How come we can't hear G? Okay. All right, so we're going to be on the network here, we think, when we get out of this commercial break. But it's fine. We'll just, whatever it is, it is. And um, so he, Eric Greitens had on John Solomon today on his second show. His debut show was yesterday. And today he had Rudy Giuliani on and John Solomon. And I thought the interview with John Solomon was, um, was very good. And we're going to play it for you here uh, coming up in the next hour as well. And I, so let's talk about Rudy here for a second as well. Um, we saw Rudy last night with Greg uh, Kelly, who's fantastic. And um, so, Rick, li- I'll let you start before I, before I get into where I think we are here or, okay. or what my frustration is right now, because Rudy was on with Eric Greitens today, and as good as the interview was, I didn't hear a whole... Well, I said I was going to let you go first, and now here That's I am okay. battling. No, so, no, go ahead, because I, I want to hear where you're coming from. Well, I, I just have not heard from myself, and I know Paul disagrees with me, I have not heard a lot of anything new from Rudy here in about 48 hours, and I haven't heard anything, and I'm putting myself in the shoes of a Democratic voter. I have not heard anything. Clown Even, shoes? No, well, no, because there are some that are, <laughs> there could be some that are undecided, maybe more centrist, maybe more conservative when it comes to fi- uh, taxes and, and that, and, and maybe more liberal on social things where they line up with Joe. But maybe they're undecided. I'm putting myself in that person's shoes. I have not heard anything yet that says to me that I can't vote for Joe Biden, that I'm, that's significantly changed my mind right. yet. Obviously, the son, I think, has a whirlwind of problems. Um, but this, I've said all along, it's not about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden. Right. And I think you you were pointing out how Greg Kelly did a great job last night trying to steer Rudy back like, hey, I know the salacious stuff is fun. You know, it, it's it's crazy. It's out there. It gets people's attention. Right. But but what do we got here? We need to hyper focus on is anything on here that can link at the time Vice President Joe Biden to an actual crime. All right. Well, we, let's let's. 
We're going to take a couple seconds here. Yeah. What, uh, gee, what time do I have to get, hit the break here? All right, we'll be back here in 20 seconds. test live from studio 6b we will have full debate coverage on um, thursday night and uh if you're just joining us from the president's rally welcome on in on real america's voice uh dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 president we took a little bit of it here on the show as well was fantastic and um we'll talk about that if you're just joining us i've got some great stuff coming up in hour two so stay with us we have our own eric greitens who uh talk to John Solomon and talk to Rudy Giuliani today. And we'll talk about where we think we are with the Rudy Giuliani Hunter Biden laptop um, here in a second, but it's time for sports and let's do sports with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. So the only live sports action we have going on Wednesday night is the World Series Game 2. Right now, Tampa leads the Dodgers 1-0. Last night, the Dodgers pounded the Tampa Rays 8-3. Clayton Crenshaw uh, Crenshaw threw six innings, two hits, one earned run, and eight Ks for the win. And Tyler Glasnow took the loss. He gave up six earned runs on just three hits in four innings. Um, L.A. Cody Bellinger's two-run homer in the fourth, and Kevin Kermeyer's solo homer in the fifth pretty much put the kibosh on. So Dodgers are up one nothing. Game two right now, Globe Field in Arlington, Texas, Globe Life Field, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, also, I want to thank Craig Bowen, one of our uh, followers on Twitter, uh, for retweeting the U of Alabama reporter Michael Gasgrande's TV rating numbers on the Bama Bulldogs game last Saturday night. We were talking about that last night when we were talking on sports, uh, the uh, TV ratings. 9.6 million viewers, and it peaked at just over 12 million on Saturday night for a college football game. Those are really great numbers. Uh, and I got to tell you, the Crimson Tide is going to enjoy that 41-24 win over Georgia for the rest of the season. They're going to be rolling with that one. So, but uh, really strong numbers for college, which is good to see. Um, and a New York Post story that Rick Delgado had sent me earlier today. Rick is great. He always gives me those great little sports tidbits. And uh, we have an, I have put my tinfoil hat on for this one, but ex-NFL star is advising Trevor Lawrence to avoid the Jets if there's a draft. <laughs> <laughs> if the Jets are done with the Wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, uh, you remember Wyrie's Falcons wide receiver, Roddy White, real good uh, you know, pro bowler. Oh, yeah. uh, well, anyway, he's uh, come out and given Trevor a little advice that uh, stay in Clemson for next year if the Jets do get the number one pick. Uh, and Paul and I were talking a little earlier. Paul doesn't think that's fair to the Jets. Who, well, who really, isn't uh, he a senior this year? He can't no, stand No, no, no. He's no, just no. a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's got one he, more after this. Yeah. No, he's yeah. a junior. Okay. And the Jets are online. They look like they could very well be 0-16 and become the third team in NFL history, joining the Lions and the 2017 Browns, 2008 yeah. Lions, to become, you know. They suck. They are terrible. <laughs> I think Adam Gase is, I mean, put it nicely, he's a lame duck at this point, right? Um, but 
uh, so we'll see what happens with that as well. And that's a wrap for sports. You're off in the by first one segment. letter on Gase. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, eight minutes till the hour. Live from Studio Six B. Uh, lots to do. Um, if you didn't see this because you were watching the pre- the president, I want to show this one more time. So, gee, the president with the policeman. So, there was a policeman at the um, one of the president's rallies, and he was retiring. And the group he was with called the president over. And um, this is what happened. Roll it. As a police officer, sir, I want to give you this. You got it, big kid. On behalf of all the men and women that wear this badge, that have your back because you have ours. Thank you, sir. Fantastic. Yeah. So the police officer gave the president his badge 12 days before he retires as a police officer after however how many years of service. So God bless both of them. God bless him for the service. And thank God he's retiring healthy and uh, hopefully happy and good for him and good for the president. And this president just connects with people in that way. And we're under two weeks here, and I'm going to continue to hammer it. you got to vote, and you got to bring 5, 10 people with you to vote. And if everybody does that, who's going to vote for the president, he's going to win. I don't care what the polls say. It's 30, 40,000 people in North Carolina tonight. So we just got to get energized and people got to get out there and vote. And you got to bring people with you. You got to make sure they vote and then tell them to do the same thing. And if everybody does that, he's going to win. Guys, do what I do. Blackmail your kids. Just tell them if they don't vote Trump, <laughs> that you're not paying for their car payment or they're, or they're not helping them with their college. Just, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's do, your, a- do your kids take a phone shot, a, a screenshot of their ballot when they leave? They actually use their phone and take a picture? I, I, need, uh, I need source documentation. Otherwise, there's all kinds of tariffs I'm going to run on them. <laughs> Proof! Paul's, Paul's putting in tariffs in place. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You open the refrigerator? Refrigerator tax is $17. <laughs> oh, God. Joe Biden's tax plan is not going to give him $17. To have. They won't have any money left. By the way, 50 cent decided he doesn't want to be 20 cent, right? Yeah. So good for him. So he really did. Did he actually really endorse him? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't know if you guys saw the, the hullabaloo about Ice Cube, right? Supposedly he was think, thinking there was a doctored photo going around with 50 Cent that Ice Cube and Ice Cube seemed to get a little bit ticked off. Is that true also? Is that, did he kind of... I don't believe so. I think 50 made it pretty clear that he was endorsing after seeing Biden's tax plan. But Ice Cube didn't, right? No. Ice Cube didn't endorse him, but Ice Cube came on and said, yes, I'm working with them because they were willing to work with me on the platinum plan. Right, but he hasn't endorsed anybody. No, he hasn't endorsed anyone, but he's he's made it clear. I gave both campaigns the same information. Biden said, yeah, we'll see after the election, which means we'll see in four years or never yeah and the trump people katrina pearson and them said help us with the platinum let's pen. go yeah yeah what do you let's got? go to work what do you got Think about, that could be a huge difference maker if he gets some of those like like really iconic figures you know from the rap community that could make a huge huge difference well considering he's on most of their songs yeah right you know, with 70 prior to Rick? to him running for president um you know you would think it'd be it would be kind of one of those easy ones right who told us that diamond and silk right they told us every everybody wanted to be donald trump and yeah. and by the way diamond and silk are going to be on i think next week they oh, reached great. out i think they'll be on next week uh, eric greitens is going to come on the show coming up and uh we're obviously we're always working on uh john solomon rudy giuliani so we're gonna get as many people in here before the election and we have hunt the biden coming he's gonna answer <laughs> questions <laughs> <laughs> 
he's not coming. Uh, I got a great interview coming up with John Solomon by our own Eric Greitens, Actionable Intelligence. Every day right here on Real America's Voice. I got a good crazy, <laughs> I have a crazy town today that's, oh God, Paul's already seen it. We'll do that when we get back. Glad you're in. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Baby. <laughs> Just, uh, you're unbelievable. People could hear off air what I say to Gio. We wouldn't be on here. Uh, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Hour two, if you were watching the president in hour one, he was fantastic. As he always is, we took some of them here on the show. Um, so we'll do a little um, crazy town. I got a good, cra- <laughs> I got a good crazy town. Right. I you, think it's good. You, you keep laughing at it. Paul's already seen it. Me well, and Rick are sitting there like, well, here's, uh, here's the problem. The problem is <laughs> sometimes, you know, what I think's fun. I know it could be a dud. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll do that here in a second. I've got Eric Greitens interviewed John Solomon today on his show, Actionable Intelligence, which you should watch every day right here on Real America's Voice because he's fantastic. What time is he on? He's a patriot, man. Six to I, What's it, six to seven? I think I should know, duh. I think it's six to seven every night. And uh, he's fantastic. Had Rudy Giuliani on tonight, so I want to talk about Rudy, too, and where we are with this. But let's do some news right now to start hour two here with Mr. Paul Nolan. What's going on, Paul? Well, I want to start the news off with... You know, lighter story, but uh, not so light. The uh, Facebook has deleted a satirical article about uh, Senator uh, Hirono, uh, the lunatic from Hawaii. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they demonetized the Babylon Bee, which, by the way, is it's consistently funny. I mean, they just come out one after other. And the satirical conservative-run website that published it, uh, you know, they're obviously getting a lot of heat. Uh, social media masters of the universe claim that Monty Python joke incites violence. So Facebook has decided that in addition to the New York Post news reporting about Democratic uh, presidential candidate Joe Biden's uh, problems with his son's computer, they also want to suppress the Babylon Bee on their comedic assault of Hirona. Uh, Seth Dillon, CEO of the Babylon Bee, reported, so after a manual review, Facebook says they stand by their decision to pull down the article to demonetize our page. I'm not kidding, he says. They say this article incites violence. It's literally a regurgitated joke from a Monty Python movie. And if anyone remembers it, it's, uh, what's, you know, is she a witch or a duck if they weigh the same <laughs> She, she's a witch, right? you know, <laughs> and then the, the scale is busted. Um, and he, uh, you know, they also said uh, Facebook uh, told him to keep it quiet. Do not bring this sen- uh, censorship story to the social media platforms, which he immediately did. And he wrote, oops, did I just tweet this? So he just basically said F you and he's not going to put up with it either. And um, maybe they should reach out to the great one and talk to him because uh, he believes he was targeted not too long ago. And uh, was really not going to take it. And I believe started to put put uh, some attorneys together and kind of take a look at what his options were. And um, it never ended up going anywhere. But um, Landmark Legal Foundation might be a place to uh, to start. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know if they do things like that, but I'll tell you who would. Maybe uh, Lynn Woodwood. That'd be a good place to start too. Man, he's a he's a fighter. Pitbull. Well, he well, kicks I mean, ass. Th- this kind of stuff reeks of the uh, you know you, you hear the stories about the the. the the Googles and Facebook, if, if they open up in China, the things that they have to do, the suppression they have to put in place. And it just sounds like they're deciding, you know what, let's just do that back at home too. Screw it. Well, they're literally deciding that. You know how I know? Yeah. They told us. This is um, Peter Greenberg was on. You ever heard of this guy? No, me neither. He was on with Jake Tapper. And Jake Tapper brought him on because because this guy's idea now is that I guess he wants to maybe live in China, this guy. Um, Jake Tapper asked him about the president being on social media and what this guy's ideas are for how the president should be treated by big tech going into the election. Here's the first part of what he told Jake Tapper. Play that, Jay. I agree it is. And I think uh, extreme times demand extreme suggestions. I did not come to this opinion lightly. I believe that the tech companies generally have a responsibility to be neutral. I think in the case of Twitter specifically, it has been a great champion of the democratization of information as well as a, a strong supporter of freedom of expression. Now, hold However, on for a second. We are in a... If you read the lower third, this is a former Twitter executive who is saying it's time for social media platforms to mute the president of the United States, literally mute his accounts so that he cannot communicate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Come on. It's crazy. Unique, and I believe a fraught moment in time with a president who is desperate and he's facing a very difficult situation. I think the time is to mute the president temporarily while the uh, votes are being cast right now and until the winner is decided. So basically, he wants to take away the president's First Amendment, right? I mean, remember, are they an editor or a publisher? Oh, that's right. They want it both ways. How convenient. Well, I mean, yes, with that. But even that, here, here is someone, a former big tech executive who literally, like Rick is saying, is saying that the First Amendment should just be disregarded. Right. For the president of the United States, or I guess for anyone else, for that matter. Yeah, I guess he. And he's g- trying to he's trying to put um, he's trying to somehow put reason. Well, he's desperate. No, no, no. There, there, you don't have to. There's no qualifying it. No. Last time I checked. I, I mean, he's trying to be the arbiter of, of the First Amendment, uh, uh, determining. Oh well, th- these are the these are the times you can use it, and and right now you're desperate, so you're not allowed to speak. What the hell are we are we dealing with? I here? mean, how insane is this guy? Let me tell you something. These tech giants only hire these communists and these socialists and these complete lunatics. That's how they get their way in, and that's how they stay there. If they're not on board with this socialist agenda, this collectivism. You know, they're out. They're out. They said that when Trump, the, the insider who, on Project Veritas, talking about how he felt stifled and suffocated because, you know, the way they were playing God over at Google, he said exactly this, that when Trump won, they were having group therapy sessions because people were crying up and down the halls because they, they didn't get the socialists they wanted. They, they didn't get the control they wanted think about it if you had control of so much media wouldn't you use it for your psychiatric greed if you were an animal like these people think about how much commodities you control think about how markets can be controlled by engineering socially all these people and how they think and move and believe and if you can use this 
for your own financial gain to collude power and wealth. That's what they do. Greedy, greed doesn't know how to stop, and it feeds on itself. So he wasn't done. Here's part two of his oh, um, no. great ideas. Roll that. It's time, I believe, that Twitter hold him accountable to the same terms and conditions, the same rules of the road that every other user is subject to. They have been wrestling with and tying themselves up in pretzels in an effort to try to accommodate the president. They've taken some very laudable steps. They were the first, in fact, to start labeling some of the president's tweets as misinformation. I think that was a very bold, important move. And they've gone so far as starting today, I believe, turning off some of the key engagement features of the of the platform in order to slow down the cause of this misinformation. However, what I would note is that Keeps according to a recent notes. Harvard yeah. study, the leading progenitors uh, of false information come from the top. It's coming from Donald Trump and some of the leading conservative voices that echo him. If that's where the, the misinformation is coming from, this is not coming from the dark corners uh, of, of the dark web or of social media. It's coming from the president. So perhaps right. it's time to right. the president while we're in this sensitive top. It's coming from the president. So maybe it's time to muffle the president since we're in a sensitive time. This is what this guy thinks is okay. This is and, what should Jake, be allowed. And Jake Tapper's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Unbelievable. I'm, I mean, that is truly unbelievable. So to, 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 to Paul's point in that story, I mean, they're not even hiding it. You got guys like this just flat out saying it. Disregard the First Amendment. Right. He's, we should be muting people we don't agree with. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it just takes me back to my my my, my freaking uh, what even is that from from the other day, where this is exactly what these people think. You should be turned off. You're not allowed to speak. They want this truth, uh, uh, you know, commission so they can reprogram you. You, you. This information is not good for your brain. We'll tell we'll tell you what you should be thinking and saying and doing. This is this is scary times, and I'm telling you, you, you got to go watch these movies because um, it's playing out in real life. And if you're not paying attention, you will be sucked into it. It's five. It's five. Yeah, everyone needs to heed those warnings. Read Brave New World. What do, they, what do they keep trying to tell us? What is what does the media, social media, keep trying to tell us? Trump is lying. Trump is lying. Is he? Or you just want that to be the message? Uh, man, it's, 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 uh, that's unbelievable to hear come out of someone's mouth who's an, an, who was a former executive working for these companies that, that they're so cavalier about, well, I don't like, let's just show him. He should be muted. He should be muted. The yeah. president of the United States should be muted. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. And, All right, what else is going on in the news, Paul? So, like, in related news, right, we're talking about Zuckerberg and Facebook, and they're so worried about the integrity of truth and everything. So documents produced by the city of Philadelphia under a federal court order showed millions of dollars of nonprofit grant money donated by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg is being used to quadruple the number of voting places and massively grow the number of ballots in Democratic strongholds. Um, the number of promised polling places is more than four times the 190 polling places open during the city's pandemic affected primary um, earlier this year. And it promised uh, turnout is estimated to be as many as 120,000 voters larger than the 2016 
presidential election, which drew about 680,000 voters, uh, about 80 percent of that vote went to Democrats in that city. I mean, so this is this is another example. I mean, this is Zuckerberg, who now several weeks ago, he donated 250 million to the uh, CTCL to help local governments across the country hold elections this fall in the midst of the pandemic. He has since augmented that amount with another hundred million yeah, 350 now, $350. And then this guy cares about voting integrity? I mean, this is just psychotic. Just and you, walk, and you walk see away what's going from these social media giants. Everyone find each other on Parler or something. And you see what's going on in Florida. Uh, little Mikey, Mike Bloomberg, has put $100 million into Florida. So as Joe sits in the basement... Mike Bloomberg is going to spend $100 million in ads to make up for the fact that Joe Biden is not going to go to Florida. And that's basically what he's doing. He's, he has to, he, he's, $100 million in Florida in ads in two weeks is basically going to get the message out that Joe will not get out, obviously, because, number one, he won't go because he's hiding in his padded basement. Number two, if he does go, nobody goes to see him. So, but this is, again, this is the plan. This this whole campaign on any other normal li- in any other normal lifetime is a farce. This is a farce. What he's doing, it's a joke. But the, he's got the media, and he's got people like Bloomberg now. That's going to throw a hundred million here, and you got Zuckerberg three hundred fifty million government spending that money to make sure they can turn out the vote for Joe because Joe's a terrible candidate. But they don't care. Because this is how they're going to try to do it through between the mail-in fraud, the money spent, and this and and big tech, and and put it all together. And this is this is how they try to deflect the president being able to pull forty thousand people at night at these rallies. Well, they're trying to buy the election. You know, th- this is what they accuse Trump of. Oh, he's going to try to buy the election. Well, what are you guys up to? Ah, oh, we're trying to buy the election. <laughs> Because uh, our candidate stinks. He's in his basement hiding. Uh, he's probably sleeping right now. And uh, he can't put two sentences together. All right, we'll do Crazy Town when we get back. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. On a Wednesday night, getting ready for debate number three. Tomorrow night, we'll have it covered live at 8. normal people talking about the issues the way the american people talk about them around their dinner table i think that's why people like the show we don't take ourselves too seriously we give them news opinion sports comedy entertainment music but most of all we try to give them love of country faith and family every night we think political news is a big tent come on in live from studio 6b 8 to 10 weeknights you might like it all right live from studio 6b we are on 8 to 10 weeknights you might like it uh, as I answer my own commercial, <laughs> um, Paul's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's here. So I just, in the break, went to uh, Twitter 
as I try to monitor. And I went to James Woods. Well, he came across my timeline. James Woods, the actor, great follow, yep. fantastic patriot. And um, he, he has a video of the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, who's stumping for Biden. At least I heard today he was going to be stumping for Biden. He's done some videos. He did a video for the guy in Michigan who I swear he doesn't even know. Oh, yeah, Peter, me and Gary go back so far. I don't think he knows who the guy even is. But there's a video on James Woods' Twitter. Uh, (laughs) James Woods wrote, yes, this is Barack Obama speaking to a stadium full of Biden supporters. Just kidding. It is Obama, (laughs) but he's speaking to a few hapless souls on the sidewalk at Biden's campaign setup. And there's literally... Six people there? I think there are more Biden-Harris signs than people. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something this, here. This, this has got to be something this is, I'm missing. This, this, uh, if, I, if I were him, I would have said, keep driving. Keep driving. I'm not getting out of the car. Exactly. There's I no mean, way. It was probably more work to, 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 to cordon off him being able to get out and go over there than it was, uh, wor- I mean, the people I, he spoke to. I, wish, I really wish you could show this video right now. It, it, it's something else. It's really, truly a sight to see. And what's, what's funny pathetic. about it, he's holding, he's holding a megaphone. It would, be like me holding, <laughs> like, it would be like me holding a megaphone talking to Paul right here. I'm the two-shot up, G. <laughs> yeah, it would be I like, it. all right, Paul. I mean, it would be like that. Like, he's literally standing three feet from six people. Oh, my God. Can't they do that thing in those guys? Uh, Fran I mean, and Gio can like, launch a nuclear silo. Those guys are like computer geniuses. Can you, can't they put it on the screen for us? That'd be beautiful. All right, let's do Crazy Town. Speaking, of, speaking of audiences, because Kamala Harris and her husband were out today. <laughs> oh, boy. And um, her husband was, well, I don't know where, in, the, in some building. He went in to talk <laughs> to some people, and he's got a little, there's a little Freudian slip here that you'll pick up on. And then we go to, of course, the exciting part, the possibly next vice president and maybe, who knows, uh, president of the United States talking to a just a huge, excited crowd. So uh, here's Crazy Town. Let's roll that. Yeah. Kamala's husband. Yeah, here he is. Great crowd. Big crowd. Library. Bigger than Obama. I'm married to the next president of the United States. Whoops. Whoops. Okay, here we go. The other thing is that if he's successful in getting rid of the Affordable Care Act, remember, it put in place protections for people with pre existing conditions. We will tell them about what we did to fight for the soul of our nation. Thank you all. All right, great job. Oh, my God. Let's see the big crowd here. Pull out. All right. Uh, Oh, I've seen puppet shows get more people. (laughs) Holy moly. (laughs) Look at that rally (laughs) for the next president. So the cat's out of the bag there with the husband. Of course, he, he's he's ready for Joe to just go to the dog track already. He's she's the next president in the United States. Yeah, but how pathetic is that? That Mr. Kamala Harris drew a bigger crowd than Obama and his wife. 
Hey, we have a troll on social media saying that you're lying, that that wasn't from today. That's an old video. We have a trolls. We have, I love the trolls. They're so funny. Well, okay, let's put it. Let's put it this way. Let's say it's the day after she was put on the ticket. The thing says Biden Harris. She's clearly <laughs> on the ticket at this point. Does that make it better? <laughs> I don't believe that's that old. Yeah, I don't. All I know is this: there's no enthusiasm for her. No. Well, I'll tell you what. Since that person's watching, and they're obviously a Biden supporter, let's let's show it one more time. Well, look at the leaves in the background. Let's, look uh, at the, yeah, look yeah. at the background, the foliage. Let's, I believe this is from today. One more time. Roll it. the sign on the podium said biden harris north carolina so um so i don't care what it's from she's on the ticket and uh that's pathetic as is every rally you know joe's got the circles there i mean that's three faux pas that they accidentally said she's the next president yeah i mean they don't care you know they just don't care about the crowds because this is why i'm so petrified it's a rig job and if you notice in in the uh, clip with mr kamala harris Everybody was wearing them. No, they weren't. Nobody was wearing a mask. Yeah, her bitter half. Yeah. And, I mean, didn't that look like a makeshift office? Like there was no decor on the walls. It looked like one of those. Oh, like a, like a boiler room setup? Yeah, like, you know, like one of those, like, um, We're going to sell you penny places. stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Any, uh, let's do some more news here. A couple minutes left before we hit the break. At the bottom of the hour, I'll play um, Eric Greitens' interview today with John Solomon. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up. What's, uh, what else is going on here in the news, Paul? So a new study found that concerns about the pandemic drove a surge in gun sales in California and increased owners' propensity to store their firearms loaded and not locked up even. The University of California uh, study sought to gauge how the outbreak of the CCP virus impacted people's tendency to worry about violence and how the pandemic affected firearm ammunition acquisition. Uh, Reachers found that 110,000 people in California recently bought firearms, and so did uh, out of of the... um, group 47,000 of them never owned a gun before think about that that's that's a, that's somebody turning red um the study also found that 6.7 percent of those uh california owners who store their firearms uh, loaded and not locked up which seems hard to believe but get a gun safe they're worth it and um or at least easy, trigger especially lock. get one with a quick uh, thumbprint you'll be easy to get your you'll get in as soon as you hear a ruckus yeah be safe so there's a lot of um, 
since the FBI thing tonight, there's a lot of people saying, you know, when you look at what Radcliffe said, we just talked about this in the social media break, that if you, what you pick up on when you go back and watch what he actually said is that, that they're acti- Iran specifically is actively trying to hurt the president here. This is not, in 2016, we heard Russia was trying to just sow discord, didn't matter which side, as long as there was just discord. Uh, but he specifically said that Iran was specifically trying to hurt Trump and help Biden. And, and a lot of people are now pointing out, well, if you're a foreign, out, a foreign adversary of this country and you know about what's going on right now, or you have a copy of this hard drive, well, you got to be licking your chops going, let's get our asset here into uh, office, right? Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. John Solomon with Eric Greitens coming up when we get back. More news, a little more sports. They've been behind the curve from the very beginning, the very beginning. This is not a major threat. This is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. And he came up with all these these cockamamie notions that, you know, this is going to go away. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Be more concerned about influenza. He praised the transparency of the Chinese government. What's really a big difference with the Chinese this this time now, they look like they're being quite transparent. His flip-flopping on social distancing and wearing masks. People should not be walking around with masks. Don't worry about the coronavirus, he says. When the warm weather comes, things are going to get better. (laughs) We are hoping, though it may not happen, that we will see that impact of warmer weather. What'd he tell us? We'll go away in the warm weather. I think we might get a respite with the weather. For one thing I'm most concerned about, Whoopi, is misinformation. Listen to the scientists. Hey, I was wrong. That's a great. That's a great ad. Boy, don't get on Trump's bad side. Black You're man, not 100 loyal to him. You are good. Live, live, live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday night, wow. 31 past the hour. So uh, as we were in the break, we uh, got linked to laptop connect. This is from Fox News. Laptop connected to Hunter Biden linked to FBI money laundering probe. It is unclear at this point whether the investigation is ongoing or if it was directly related to hunter biden but the fbi subpoena of a laptop and hard drive purportedly belonging to hunter biden came in connection with a monday money laundering investigation in late 2019 and it goes on to say about the numbers that's um it's filed 272 d b a and explains that basically 272 is the bureau's classification for money laundering uh the d refers to money laundering unknown sua which is specific unlawful activity White Collar Crime Programming, BA, indicates the case was opened in Baltimore. The document states the subpoena was carried out in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, The FBI cannot open a case without predication, so they believe there was predication for criminal activity, a government official told Fox News. This means there was sufficient evidence to believe that there was criminal conduct on the laptop. Another document obtained by Fox News was a subpoena sent to Isaac, who runs the Mac store, who was, had, the lap, had the laptop, to testify 
before U.S. District Court in Delaware on December 9, 2019. One page of the subpoena shows what appears to be serial numbers for a laptop and hard drive taken into possession. Based on the date of the subpoena, an official told Fox News that the case would have been opened prior to Isaac's subpoena. Quote, if a criminal case was opened and subpoenas were issued, that means there is a high likelihood that both the laptop and hard drive contain fruits of criminal activity. Fox News first reported on Tuesday evening that the FBI was in possession of the laptop in question. The FBI has declined to confirm or deny the existence of an investigation into the laptop of the emails as standard practice. The Biden campaign on Wednesday pushed back um, uh, on these Hunter Biden recent reports. The attorney general of Delaware's office indicated that the FBI has ongoing investigations regarding the veracity of this entire story. And it would be unsurprising for an investigation of disinformation involving Rudy Giuliani. So this is the Biden's campaign statement. Uh, Joe Biden was asked about this in a local news uh, about Ron Johnson in, in a local news interview he did today. And of course, his people first tried to cut the interviewer off here. Gee, we have this clip, Biden on Ron Johnson. The, his people tried to uh, cut the reporter off, probably figuring she was going to go here, as you'll hear here in the clip. But she got good for her. She got the question out. And you'll hear Biden's uh, response. Roll that. Adrian, that's all the time yes, we have. I, so I just have sorry. one more question because the vice president, it affects Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's Republican Senator Ron Johnson put out a statement on Homeland Security letterhead saying Hunter Biden, together with other Biden family members, profited off the Biden name. Is there any legitimacy to Senator Johnson's claims? None whatsoever. This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman. It's a last-ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. Even the man who served with him on that committee, the former nominee for the Republican Party, said there's no basis to this. And, you know, and all and the vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. Ron should be ashamed of himself. He <laughs> should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. Okay. Because former criminal Dirty cops said it's clean. Guys, we've busted lying already. Good. All right. Wow. Good for you, Joe. So yeah, back but- to this. Um, well, he's talking about Mitt Romney when he says the former um, nominee of the party. Oh, right, right. Uh, if actionable intelligence is developed, the FBI, in consultation with the intelligence community, will evaluate the need to provide defense briefings to you and the committee pursuant to the established notification framework, the, later, the letter stated. So speaking of actionable intelligence, and it's a good follow-up to this story, and John Solomon talked a little bit about this. So John Solomon was on with our own Eric Greitens here on Real America's Voice. Actionable Intelligence is the name of his show. It airs 6 to 7 every uh, day here on Real America's Voice. John Solomon was there to talk about this. And here's how it went. Roll it, G. So for all of our viewers who might have just tuned in and they are hearing about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, help paint a picture for them of what's happening in this investigation to the relationship between Hunter Biden and his dad while his dad was vice president. Yeah, listen, it's a pretty simple story. At 30,000 feet, you've got a vice president who has some very important foreign policy responsibilities, China, Russia, Ukraine. And in the jet, uh, jet stream of his uh, Air Force Two, his son is flying behind him and going to the Russians, going to the Chinese, 
going to the Ukrainians and scoring business deals. Sometimes within a few days of a visit, sometimes during the visit in China, he's actually on the visit with the vice president. He's bagging millions and millions of dollars of fees for his companies himself, uh, sometimes from suspect characters like a Russian oligarch, a Ukrainian oligarch who's suspected of corruption. And nobody stands up and says, we ought to stop this, including Joe Biden. You know, if your son's doing that, it's obvious what's going on. You're trying to set a higher ethical standard. You should tell your son, cut it out, stop it. But they don't. They make millions of dollars doing it. And what what does the evidence show us that Hunter Biden is getting paid for? So he's in the Ukraine. He's in China. He's in Russia. He's following in the jet stream of Air Force Two. He sets up these business deals. Right. Why is he getting paid? So there's a lot of different ways he gets paid, right? Yeah. On Burisma, by his own admission, when he lands on the Ukrainian natural gas company, he says, I don't have any experience in gas. I don't have any experience in Ukraine. I don't know anything about Ukrainian law. I probably got the job because of my father's name. He, he said that on television. Yes. So that one, it's a free amount of money. How much is it? It's $4 million to his company over a few years. In China, there are a variety of deals. There's a, a fund that's created, an investment fund that's created. They go out and buy a Michigan automaker parts called Henages Company, and they uh, sell it to the Chinese, and they flip the property, and uh, they get it through what's known as the CFIUS uh, process, where the U.S. government says, oh, it's American-sensitive technology. We have to decide whether we want to give that to the Chinese. The Obama administration approves it, and now he makes a deal on selling the, the 50, 49, 51% of the company the Chinese. So each of these deals have different things. There, there are flips, there are consulting fees, there are legal work, but he's making a lot of money and a lot of the characters he's dealing with are unsavory characters. And it sounds like there's some evidence that he's allegedly, he's selling direct access to uh, the State Department, to, to the Vice President, that he's actually being hired to then go and turn around and set up some meetings or at least potentially lobby. So we know two things from yes. documents that the State Department has given me under a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that Hunter Biden's name was used as the pressure point when the state, uh, when uh, his company, Burisma, in Ukraine, was trying to get the corruption allegations in Ukraine sm uh, uh, cut out, uh, finished. The case is dropped. And he, they're, they're telling the State Department, you have to drop this case, you have to drop these allegations because Hunter's involved. In other cases, you can see the business partners around Hunter Biden saying, if we just drop Hunter Biden's name, we're going to get some big money here. And so he's sort of viewed as the pipeline, the conduit. Those are different names uh, that you see in the emails. Uh, it's exactly the influence peddling that we had ethics laws to prevent. And during the Obama-Biden years, the Biden family got away making a lot of money doing things that normally most Americans and the State Department saw as a conflict of interest. Well, and it sounds like also there are some emails that suggest that not only was Hunter Biden getting paid, but there's at least one email, some correspondence about a deal with a Chinese energy firm right. where they're talking about remuneration packages for six people. Right. And they say they're going to set aside 10 percent for the big guy. Yes. What, what should we be? I have about? talked to an official that was involved in that transaction who confirms to me that uh, email is authentic. The information in it is consistent with what the business plan. Now, at this point, it's 2017. Joe Biden is no longer the vice president. He's a private citizen. He's free to get in on any deal he wants. Uh, but the, uh, the official I talked to said the deal was 20% was going to go to Hunter Biden and 10 of that was going to go to uh, Joe Biden, the former vice president, and they were going to get rich off the deal. And again, it's another company that has these deep ties to China, the Chinese government, the Communist Party. Uh, they didn't seem to have any qualms making money in Communist China. And then bring us up to speed on what's happened lately. Everybody's hearing about Hunter Biden's laptop, the emails that are right. allegedly on that laptop, other incriminating information. What do our viewers need to know now? 
Uh, we're still trying to authenticate some of the emails that were found on the laptop that Mayor Giuliani just talked about. Yes. Uh, I've been able to authenticate four or five of them. They do appear to be real. Participants on it say, yeah, that was my email. That's what we talked about. Uh, but there are many more that have not yet been. There's a separate set of emails that belong to one of Hunter Biden's former business partners, a guy named Devin Cooney. Those are being authenticated by Cooney and his defense team. Yes, those are my emails. I've turned them over to journalists. Have at it. And those emails get to a lot of the same profit-making overseas, using Hunter Biden's name, using the Biden family name to cash in. So all these different pieces of evidence, whether they come from the State Department under FOIA, Devin Cooney's hard drive, the Giuliani discovered hard drive, they all show the exact same picture. A family, a political dynasty, a family getting rich off of their name uh, while Joe Biden oversees the policies that these various countries are affected by. Awesome. Well, John, uh, we know that, uh, that you've been doing a lot of work on this, and you recently just came out with a story at justthenews.com and folks you can go out uh, to justthenews.com and see this story just filed about Rudy Giuliani's the files a police report on um, purported Hunter Biden laptop alleging child in endangerment. John, what, what, tell us a little more about that. Well, uh, the mayor talked about it a little bit himself, yes. right? He goes uh, to Delaware police on Monday and says, I found these things in the hard drive. It looks like a, a young minor child is in danger yes. and you should investigate it. It goes from the Newcastle Police Department to the State Justice Department and now to the FBI. And we now know the FBI is in possession of this hard drive and there is some form of investigation going on. There you go. The great John Solomon and with uh, Eric Greitens today on actionable intelligence. Well, yeah. they moved that kid bite. Well, okay, they moved the guy Biden, uh, uh, Bevin today. I'm sorry, Bevin Cooney. They moved him to protective custody because yep. they thought he was in danger in the prison in Oregon he was in. I, I saw that yesterday, yeah, that they moved him because people were wondering why, why that was. Um, so yeah. that, that's what they did. They thought he was going to be in danger. Yeah, yeah. They, I thought it was this morning they moved him, but yeah, he, they think he's in danger. And it's, there's just so much going here. I mean, I just think it's crazy that uh, between Project Veritas, getting people on film, admitting point blank, and still these brainwashed lemmings, they, they don't believe, they just can't believe of an unedited video. It's truly well, astonishing. speaking of people not believing, we played the crazy town for you, and we were told from somebody, this is why I love the Studio 6B audience, because immediately somebody in the audience went out, did the work for us, sent it to me. So this is from uh, WF, I think it's MY today, in, Nash, in um, Asheville, North Carolina. UNC Asheville uh, hosted Kamala Harris in a campaign event today. Harris spoke before a group of about two dozen <laughs> at a closed event. It was closed, all right. Closed event at UNC Asheville saying President Trump has failed with his handling of the coronavirus. Uh, and then it has a picture from exactly what I showed you from Wednesday, October 21st, 2020, um, from the AP, the, the, the picture of her speaking to no one. Well, we got you that info. I'm buying him an LF6B Army t-shirt. That was from Big G on Twitter. Come on, Big G. I got to get that guy. I got to get that guy a t-shirt. All right, we'll do sports. Wrap it up when we get back. Come on.
We will have debate coverage on Thursday night. Starting at 8 p.m. right here live from Studio 6B. And I think they start at 8.30 if I read it correctly. So um, the debate will fall right from 8.30 to 10 that we're on and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, that'll be tomorrow night. And we'll start right at 8 and get fired up and ready for this. And there's been all kinds of what the president should or shouldn't do and how he should go about it. And uh, I think he's got to spend some time laying out his vision, but he certainly has to because Kristen Welker is going to be the worst. You think you've seen enough with Chris Wallace and then Scully, what happened with him? She's, She's going to be the worst, guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, all right, before we do sports, uh, Let's do. <laughs> Here's the for, the 44th president of the United States um, stumping for Joe Biden today. Roll that. You're inspiring. Wow. Six and a half people he's talking to. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. There's got to be something there we're not getting. I, that is unbelievable. And keep your hands off the kid, you know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Six people. Uh, all right, let's do some sports here. Wrap it up with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? And I thought 11,000 people at Globe Life Field was bad for last night's World Series game. Uh, World Series game two, also at Globe Life tonight in Arlington, Texas. The Tampa Rays, looking to even up the series, are up 3 nothing at the end of four innings. Uh, for Tampa, Lowe hit a solo shot in the first, and um, Wendell hit a two-run double in the fourth to give them a 3 nothing lead, so we'll see where that goes. And Dodger Stadium is actually hosting for the fans a drive-in World Series watch party right now, so they're trying to you know get the fans out to Dodger Stadium because, as you know, they're playing in a neutral site this year because of COVID. However, they are allowing about a 25% capacity. Globe holds about 40,000, and they had 11,000 last night. Not sure on the attendance tonight. Um, and also, uh, just some quick NBA news. New Orleans Pelicans hired Stan Van Gundy to uh, coach the team. He signed a four-year deal. Um, And Tyson Fury probably will fight one of two men on December 5th in the UK. Uh, Bob Arum, his boxing promoter, told the boxing scene that the heavyweight title is likely to uh, fight contender Ajit Kabail or Carlos Takam. Neither are household names. Both are considered good contenders, uh, and that's what we're going to have because the Fury rematch rematch with Deontay Wilde is going to have to wait a while. Uh, the last time Fury fought was when he knocked out uh, Deontay Wilder on February 22nd. Uh, and the last little bit of news, how about a little NASCAR news? we got a lot of NASCAR fans. Well, you got a chance here. Bush beer to give one fan the ultimate tailgate experience. You know, it's been tough with the COVID shutdown. A lot of people can't get out to the track. But Bush, the official beer of NASCAR, NASCAR and NASCAR Cup Series premier partner, is giving you the chance to bring the ultimate tailgate experience to your home. You now have a chance to win a fully stocked custom pit car filled with all the things of fans could need for a successful championship weekend. 65-inch LED TV. Get this. A 26-can freestanding beverage refrigerator, LED accent lighting, NASCAR swag, and more. So the, the sweepstakes period is, starts uh, today and goes through Sunday, and you can check them out on uh, Twitter. It's uh, hashtag official beer sweepstakes. So uh, Bush Beer getting in there. So NASCAR fans, load up. 
And that's sports for Big D. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rick. Um, so there's a tweet out from the Homeland Dems at Homeland Dems, which is the House Homeland Security Committee. So in the House, I guess the Dems that represent the Homeland Security Committee, they put a tweet out at 750 that says, do not, in capital letters, listen to Radcliffe, partisan hack. He's the director of national intelligence and the house Dems put out a tweet saying, do not listen to Radcliffe partisan hack on the Iran and Russia have obtained voter registration information and Iran is sending disinformation emails designed to harm president Trump. And because he put that last part saying they're designed to harm president Trump and he just didn't leave it at they're sending out emails the House Homeland Security Committee put out a tweet that says, do not listen to Radcliffe partisan hack. I, I mean, these people are, they're nuts. Dude, they're so close to getting their socialist America. They could taste it. They stop at nothing between lockstep with the Wuhan CCP virus, all the deals and all the, the money they had with energy companies in China, all the jobs, all the medicine, big pharma, the war machine gets thwarted, all of the, all the gravy trains, man. Trump has just been like, you cut off. And they can't have it. They've thrown everything at them. And now election fraud is the last hope they have. And they don't care. They don't care. They want communism on these shores. That's it. That's it. That's it. This is where we're at. That's it. You got to vote, and you got to bring five, ten people with you. I'm going to say it every day until November 3rd because it's it's just out of – these people are out of control. Yeah, and they're not the majority. They are a small minority, but they have a lot of power, a lot of influence. They control media. University, university, oh uh, they're in, entrenched in the government, hiding out. It, it, it's just, it, it's, it's scary. It's sad. Yeah, big but academia. That, but you know right. what? What gives me hope are these these rallies, these these Trump, you know, trains that you see, these boat parades, the these, uh, you know, all these things that are happening spontaneously. You know, because let's face it, people are pr- people want to be proud of their country. They don't like it when you talk down about their country. You know, like Obama did for eight years, how bad we sucked. Well, you know, people got tired of hearing it. It's like hearing you, hearing somebody keep beating up on your Jets. I get it. The Jets suck. I'm not a Jet fan, but but that's that's basically what it is. And at some point, people are going to be like, you know what? I love my team, and this country is our team. And I'm sorry, but we are better than you. Big Academia just got busted taking $65 billion illegally. I'll, I'll, you know, yeah. I'll bring that story tomorrow. Now, Jack, speaking of this, and I swear this just popped up in front of me, Jack Posobiec, uh, from, uh, does all he's doing all kinds of work on this Hunter Biden thing. He just tweeted, and I don't know if this is true, Joe Bi- breaking news, Joe Biden says America has never lived up to its ideals and that he will raise our children by teaching them America's mistakes. Now, I don't know where Joe Biden said this or if it was in some interview or maybe it was with that news. I didn't see it. But that's the tweet. 
LF6B Army. As we're sitting it. here talking about really? that that's what this election comes down to. Uh, this, this is the same guy who raised Hunter, the crackhead who walks around naked in front of kids and makes the environment unsafe for his own, uh, his own family members. That guy? Right. And meanwhile, the Democrats are like, we don't care about Hunter. Meanwhile, what we've heard about is how bad Ivanka and the whole family was this whole time. Right? Well, oh. I mean, his kids have been under vicious attack. But now they don't it's, care about kids. Right. And now they're calling the DNI director a partisan hack and pe- telling people not to listen to him as he's out there trying to tell us what our foreign adversaries are coming after us and how they're doing it. And the House Dems are tweeting, don't listen to him. Because it's the truth and they hate the truth. Mm. They don't like it. It makes them look bad. <laughs> Man. Can't help it. Your team sucks. Sorry. We're better. Uh, Jason Whitlock from outkick.com clay travis jason wicklock love both of them he interviewed the president today and i know it's posted on outkick.com i encourage you to go there and watch it and we'll see uh if we can have some of it tomorrow for you because i'll bet that is an interview like none other because whitlock is great he probably asked great questions and he let him speak and i'll bet it was pretty good so we'll check it out have it for you tomorrow all right as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. Back with you in 22. Ah, you remembered. <laughs> Brian's the bots. Don't forget. So cheesy. <laughs> You're a cheesy.